section one of rough notes taken during some rapid journeys across the pampas and among the andes by francis bond head this librivox recording is in the public domain descriptive outline of the pampas etc etc the mountains of the andes run about north and south through the whole of south america and they are consequently nearly parallel to the two shores of the pacific and the atlantic oceans dividing the country between them into two unequal parts each bounded by an ocean and by the cordillera it would at first be expected that these twin countries separated only by a range of mountains should have a great resemblance to each other but variety is the attribute of omnipotence and nature has granted to these two countries a difference of climate and geological construction which is very remarkable from the tops of the andes she supplies both of them with water by the gradual melting of the snow they are both irrigated exactly in proportion to their wants and vegetation instead of being exhausted by the burning sun of summer is thus nourished and supported by the very heat which threatened to destroy it the water however which flows through chile towards the pacific is confined in its whole course and forces its way through a country as mountainous as the highlands of scotland or switzerland the water which descends from the east side of the cordillera meanders through a vast plain nine hundred miles in breadth and at the top of the andes it is singular to observe on the right and left the snow of one storm part of which is decreed to rush into the pacific while the other is to add to the distant waves of the atlantic the great plain or pampas on the east of the cordillera is about nine hundred miles in breadth and the part which i have visited though under the same latitude is divided into regions of different climate and produce on leaving buenos aires the first of these regions is covered for one hundred and eighty miles with clover and thistles the second region which extends for four hundred and fifty miles produces long grass and the third region which reaches the base of the cordillera is a grove of low trees and shrubs the second and third of these regions have nearly the same appearance throughout the year for the trees and shrubs are evergreens and the immense plain of grass only changes its color from green to brown but the first region varies with the four seasons of the year in a most extraordinary manner in winter the leaves of the thistles are large and luxuriant and the whole surface of the country has the rough appearance of a turnip field the clover in this season is extremely rich and strong and the sight of the wild cattle grazing in full liberty on such pasture is very beautiful in spring the clover has vanished the leaves of the thistles have extended along the ground and the country still looks like a rough crop of turnips in less than a month 
the change is most extraordinary the whole region becomes a luxuriant wood of enormous thistles which have suddenly shot up to a height of ten or eleven feet and are all in full bloom the road or path is hemmed in on both sides the view is completely obstructed not an animal is to be seen the stems of the thistles are so close to each other and so strong that independent of the prickles with which they are armed they form an impenetrable barrier the sudden growth of these plants is quite astonishing and though it would be an unusual misfortune in military history yet it is really possible that an invading army unacquainted with this country might be imprisoned by these thistles before they had time to escape from them the summer is not over before the scene undergoes another rapid change the thistles suddenly lose their sap and verdure their heads droop the leaves shrink and fade the stems become black and dead and they remain rattling in the breeze one against another until the violence of the pampero or hurricane levels them with the ground where they rapidly decompose and disappear the clover rushes up and the scene is again verdant although a few individuals are either scattered along the path which traverses these vast plains or are living together in small groups yet the general state of the country is the same as it has been since the first year of its creation the whole country bears the noble stamp of an omnipotent creator and it is impossible for any one to ride through it without feelings which it is very pleasing to entertain for although in all countries the heavens declare the glory of god and the firmament showeth his handiwork yet the surface of populous countries affords generally the insipid produce of man's labor it is an easy error to consider that he who has tilled the ground and has sown the seed is the author of his crop and therefore those who are accustomed to see the confused produce which in populous and cultivated countries is the effect of leaving ground to itself are at first surprised in the pampas to observe the regularity and beauty of the vegetable world when left to the wise arrangements of nature the vast region of grass in the pampas for four hundred and fifty miles is without a weed and the region of wood is equally extraordinary the trees are not crowded but in their growth such beautiful order is observed that one may gallop between them in every direction the young trees are rising up others are flourishing in full vigor and it is for some time that one looks in vain for those in which the great system of succession must necessarily somewhere or other be sinking towards decay they are at last discovered but their fate is not allowed to disfigure the general cheerfulness of the scene and they are seen enjoying what may literally be termed a green old age the extremities of their branches break off as they die 
and when nothing is left but the hollow trunk it is still covered with twigs and leaves and at last is gradually concealed from view by the young shoot which born under the shelter of its branches now rises rapidly above it and conceals its decay a few places are met with which have been burnt by accident and the black desolate spot covered with the charred trunks of trees resembles a scene in the human world of pestilence or war but the fire is scarcely extinct when the surrounding trees all seem to spread their branches toward each other and young shrubs are seen rising out of the ground while the sapless trunks are evidently mouldering into dust the rivers all preserve their course and the whole country is in such beautiful order that if cities and millions of inhabitants could suddenly be planted at proper intervals and situations the people would have nothing to do but to drive out their cattle to graze and without any previous preparation to plough whatever quantity of ground their wants might require the climate of the pampas is subject to a great difference of temperature in winter and summer though the gradual changes are very regular the winter is about as cold as our month of november and the ground at sunrise is always covered with white frost but the ice is seldom more than one-tenth of an inch thick in summer the sun is very oppressively hot and its force is acknowledged by every living animal the wild horses and cattle are evidently exhausted by it and the siesta seems to be a repose which is natural and necessary to all the middle of the day is not a moment for work and as the mornings are cool the latter are evidently best adapted for labor and the former for repose the difference between the atmosphere of mendoza san luis and buenos aires which are all nearly under the same latitude is very extraordinary in the two former or in the regions of wood and grass the air is extremely dry there is no dew at night in the hottest weather there is apparently very little perspiration and the dead animals lie on the plain dried up in their skins so that occasionally i have at first scarcely been able to determine whether they were alive or dead but in the province of buenos aires or in the region of thistles and clover vegetation clearly announces the humidity of the climate in sleeping out at night i have found my poncho or rug nearly wet through with the dew and my boots so damp that i could scarcely draw them on the dead animals on the plain are in rapid state of putrefaction on arriving at buenos aires the walls of the houses are so damp that it is cheerless to enter them and sugars as all deliquescent salts are there found nearly dissolved this dampness however does not appear to be unhealthy the gauchos and even travellers sleep on the ground and the inhabitants of buenos aires live in their damp houses without complaining of rheumatism 
or being at all subject to cold and they certainly have the appearance of being rather more robust and healthy than those who live in the drier regions however the whole of the pampas may be said to enjoy as beautiful and as salubrious an atmosphere as the most healthy parts of greece and italy and without being subject to malaria the only irregularity of the climate is the pampero or southwest wind which generated by the cold air of the andes rushes over these vast plains with a velocity and a violence which it is almost impossible to withstand but this rapid circulation of the atmosphere has very beneficial effects and the weather after one of these tempests is always particularly healthy and agreeable the south part of the pampas is inhabited by the pampas indians who have no fixed abode but wander from place to place as the herbage around them becomes consumed by their cattle the northern part of the pampas and the rest of the provinces of the rio de la plata are inhabited by a few straggling individuals and a few small groups of people who live together only because they were born together their history is really very curious as soon as by the fall of the spaniards their independence was established and they became free the attention of many individuals of the provinces of la plata was directed towards the due constitution of governments which might maintain the freedom that was gained encourage population and gradually embellish the surface of a most interesting and beautiful country with the arts manufactures and sciences which had hitherto been denied it but the singular situation of the country presented very serious difficulties although immense regions of rich land lay uncultivated and unowned yet something had been done small towns and establishments originally chosen for mining purposes five hundred and seven hundred miles distant from one another were thinly scattered over this vast extent of country and thus a skeleton map of civilization had been traced which the narrow interests of every individual naturally supported but although a foundation was thus laid the building plan of the spaniards was missing it had been destroyed in the war and all that was known of it was that it was for purposes which were not applicable to the great political system which should now be adopted it was soon perceived that the provinces of the rio de la plata were without a harbor that the town of buenos aires was badly situated and as the narrow policy of spain had forbidden the planting of the olive and the grape the spots which were best adapted to the natural produce of the country had been neglected while for mining and other purposes connected with the spanish system towns had been built in the most remote and impracticable situations and men found themselves living together in groups they knew not why 
under circumstances which threw a damp over exertion and under difficulties which it appeared hopeless to encounter their situation was and still is very lamentable the climate easily affords them the few necessaries of life away from all practicable communication with the civilized world they are unable to partake of the improvements of the age or to shake off the errors and the disadvantages of a bad political education they have not the moral means of improving their country or of being improved by it and oppressed by these and other disadvantages they naturally yield to habits of indolence and inactivity the town or rather the secluded village in which they live is generally the seat of government of the province and but too often affords a sad political picture people who although they are now free were brought up under the dark tyranny of the spanish government with the narrow prejudices which even in populous countries exist among the inhabitants of small communities and with little or no education are called upon to elect a governor and to establish a junta to regulate the affairs of their own province and to send a deputy to a distant national assembly at buenos aires the consequence as i have witnessed is what might naturally be expected the election of the governor is seldom unanimous and he is scarcely seated before he is overturned in a manner which to one accustomed to governments on a larger scale appears childish and ridiculous in more than one province the governor is exceedingly tyrannical in the others the governor and the junta appear to act for the interests of their own province but their funds are so small and the internal jealousies they have to encounter so great that they meet with continual difficulties and with respect to acting for the national interest the thing is impossible how can it be expected that people of very slender incomes and in very small insulated societies will forget their own narrow interests for the general welfare of their country it is really against nature for what is politically termed their country is such an immense space that it must necessarily become the future seat of many different communities of men and if these communities however enlightened they may become will never be able to conquer that feeling which endears them to their homes or the centrifugal prejudice with which they view their neighbors how can it be expected that a feeble government and a few inhabitants can do what civilization has not yet been able to perform or that the political infant will not betray those frailties which his manhood will be incapable of overcoming and the fact is that each province does view its neighboring one with jealousy 
and as i have travelled through the country i have invariably found that mala gente is the general appellation which the people give to those of the adjoining province and that they as well as the inhabitants of the towns are all jealous of the power and influence of the town of buenos aires and when it is explained that the policy of buenos aires is to break the power of the monks and priests and that these people have still very great influence in most of the distant provinces and that the maritime interest of buenos aires is necessarily often at variance with that of the inland provinces it will be perceived how forcibly this jealousy is likely to act end of section one